I had the accident. Now maybe my bills are starting to pile up. Now I'm still out of work. All of a mm-hmm. sudden, like, I don't have any money. Like I'm down to my last thousand dollars in my checking account or my hip really hurts or my knee aches or if I'm mm-hmm. having trouble like remembering things and I see an ad on Meta, I'm not searching car accident lawyer. So that is a very distinct message from somebody who's in the here and now. And that's the beauty, I think, of this case study. One of the multiple parts of it is that those avatars lended themselves to two very different types of platforms, which led to ultimately the result of 315 signed cases in in four months. This is the Customer Acquisition Show, the podcast that helps you turn complete strangers into repeat customers and grow your business. Good morning and welcome to, or I guess, good morning for me, happy whatever time of the day for the rest of you. Welcome to the next episode of the Customer Acquisition Show. We've got a big one today, as you can tell by the heavy hitters on this. There's lots of repeat guests, our CEO and founder, Ralph Burns, and this is one that we're really proud of. This is a case study that we just completed for a personal injury lawyer client that we had, and this is the team that basically turned around their online advertising. So I don't know much about the case study. I'm going to let you guys run with it. I think we'll start with Ralph and just setting up how this client came to us and what their problems were, and we'll just take it through the timeline from there. Yeah, thanks, Tom. This is the dream team with my myself as the lone exception on the customer acquisition show, <laughs> because the reason I'm so proud of this case study is because it represents everything that's great about Tier 11. It's all the things that we do really well all coming together and working in synergy between tracking, which is like the most boring thing, but the most vital and important thing at the end of the day, Google, obviously with Nick and Ollie and their team, copywriting on Lynn's side, as well as overall offer and and optimization. Maria with conversion architecture, which is our after the click. And I guess I'm representing sort of the Facebook side, the meta side. We hold everything all together for all these different channels, all these different tools to create some pretty remarkable results in a really freaking hard niche that is expensive. It is cutthroat. Many agencies fail in this space. It's a space that I worked in five or six years prior to really establishing Tier 11 as more of a social media brand. And bringing all these sort of channels together between social interruption marketing, intent-based marketing, after the click, very convoluted tracking, long conversion windows, bringing it all together with ultimately signed cases for a personal injury law firm, which is what they really care about. They don't necessarily care about calls and leads, but most agencies, they really report on calls and leads, and that's their metric. We report on, and Nick and Ollie and everyone here will talk about this, is signed cases. That's what matters. And that's where we feel as an organization, like this is a great case study because not only is the client one of the best in the US, in the nation, and lawyers just get sometimes bad kind of rap. These are not one of those people. They do not take themselves seriously. They're very serious about what they do. They have a great brand. They've done a lot of Super Bowl advertising, super approachable, very cool to work with, patient. They understand it. They're a great law firm. And as a result of that, they got 315 signed cases for people who really needed their service, which is what we're all about here at Tier 11. It is getting, putting a product or service offering out there to cold traffic, bringing that business in to actually help people make their lives better. And yeah, there is a financial element of this. If all of those cases hit on the average value for a case, it, they'll make millions and millions of dollars for their law firm. But more importantly... They'll make millions for their clients. And I think that's the reason why I'm so proud of this is because we're able to do this as a team with a client that just really got it, understood it, and is out there to do good. And uh, I think that's what we all strive to do every single day here. Yeah, pretty excited about it, Tom. That's my long-winded explanation of what this whole thing is about. Perfect. Well, let's set the stage a little bit. What's the current climate of personal injury lawyer marketing and what are some major problems and errors that personal injury lawyers experience generally and this one specifically when they came to us? Ollie, do you want to answer this one? So our resident personal injury 
secret weapon here, Ollie Laboy, who has extensive experience in this space. So, Ollie, I think, yeah, I'd like to answer this one. Yeah, the biggest obstacle would be the price when you want to be a buyer on that niche. It's the traffic is so expensive that it's really hard to get involved in a campaign because it can cost you a lot of money. So you want to be every time you you do a campaign and for a law firm, is it personal injury lawyers or mass tort? You have to really be ready. The, the page has to be ready. The traffic has to be ready, and everything has to be really prepared. And the tracking also. So that's the biggest challenge. Is right, because when you're paying all good. Yeah. On average, you're paying at least, usually at least $50 plus per click. Yeah. And as we've seen, sometimes after one, hundreds and hundreds of dollars for a click, if you're going to run, try and get thousands of visitors to a page just to test, you're going to run up the budget pretty quickly. Yeah, Nick, I know a lot of our conversations when I talk about marketing for Tier 11, you say marketing agency is like the second most expensive marketing <laughs> out there. But the number right. one is personal injury lawyer. Yeah, and we're really what we're talking about here is Google Ads, just to be clear, because when you're doing Google search ads, when you're in personal injury, the cost per clicks, it's like the boss level Google Ads. It's the most difficult niche. And when you're advertising an agency like us, you're competing against all the other agencies who really know their tactics as well. So it's like, how do you get that edge? And for Mike Moss Law, the thing is, they're, they're out of home digital advertising. Sorry, out of home advertising. All their top of funnel advertising is really strong, like their TV commercials, their messaging mics. Mike's a very well known person in Michigan, especially Detroit. And all that was really on point. That helps as well. But there were so many question marks around their digital marketing mix. And they just didn't know what was working. And they had assumed that Facebook ads the meta from the meta platform just wouldn't work for them. Yeah, I think most people in the U.S. can identify with their local personal injury lawyers, like really having strong, clear messaging on TV. But how does that so that's part of the overall customer acquisition path, right? That's just the brand awareness, getting in front of people, becoming known. Like, how does digital marketing fit into that generally? And what do we do specifically for Mike Morris? I guess these days, if somebody wants to get in contact, unless they remember the phone number, and there is an 855 call Mike, which is catchy. But if they don't remember that, how are they going to find Mike Morse? You know, this was actually something that we changed in the new process for Mike Morse. So they used to have these big advertising on television and all these other platforms. And the majority of the advertising was focused towards Mike Morse and like showing his face and connecting with the law firm. But what we did in the new process was more of focusing the attention on their clients and what and their cases and what they've previously done and focusing less on them as a law firm and more on the clients and the cases they won in the past. So this transition, I think, had a big effect on the performance of this new firm. It's right. more about help, yeah. helping people. The direction should be more about mm -hmm. branding. Like helping people instead of personal branding. It's okay for our awareness, but you have to show them, yeah, you want help. Because some of the case studies are really moving. And the, the common theme seems to be that insurance company, we all have insurance, but then when we're in an accident, we really need insurance. It's when the insurance companies won't pay, and this can be devastating. So I think when Maria and Lynn identified for the messaging and for the landing page and everything like this, we need to focus on the end customers, show these stories, that, that can be really moving. Yeah, we put the story, if I remember correctly, in the landing page, featured a case study story. So, you know, from the person, the victim's voice, like second fold, right? So initial call to action, trust points, story with video and text and making it really readable so that the litigant can look and go, or the litigant, the victim can look and go, oh, that's me. Yeah, that's how I feel. Like, I was surprised too when I called my insurance and they were just like, here's a hundred bucks. Or I thought they would protect me. And kudos to them that they had so many stories already we could pull from. But I would bet that any law firm has these, right? It's just using them. And yeah, I bet that made a difference. Let's talk about the research that goes into the customer voice, right? If you think about what's the person who's going to be interacting with this site? What's their current emotional state? And what do they need? So there's... 
A couple of things. One, so if we're looking at psychographics and emotional state, and this is where lawyers, before I get into that, where lawyers often get it wrong, and which we were very deliberate about for this client, is that lawyers often speak with lawyer speak, right? They pass the LSAT and the bar, and they know how to write these really complex legal documents, and then they put all of that in their website. When the average American consumer has like a fifth grade reading level and doesn't understand these complex terms. So right away, we have to understand, and we did address this in our copy, that we had to make it as human as possible. Not a lawyer website for other lawyers, but a lawyer website and landing page for the consumers. These people are frustrated. They don't trust lawyers. They don't trust the the legal market. They don't trust the courts. They're pissed off. Everybody else's website looks exactly the same or has the same messaging, we had to find ways to differentiate. Yeah, I think pissed off, scared, not trusting, confused, overwhelmed. These are people, their lives are full. They might work one or two jobs, especially on top of being injured. Dealing with the medical system is hard enough, let alone also insurance companies. They may not have a car. Like they're overwhelmed. And the last thing they want to do is talk to a lawyer. That's where they're at. And saying we're the best law firm does nothing, (laughs) nothing to address any of those concerns. Yeah. So they're just like, they've been screwed by their insurance. They've been in this accident. It feels like the world's against them. They don't have trust mm-hmm. of anything. So you come at this from like, how do we build trust and give them comfort to call us and know that we're on their side? Yep, exactly. So human language, of course, trust factors. They have a bazillion awards because they're amazing. I'm putting that there, but not leading with we're the top Michigan law firm. So that's not the main hook. The main hook is helping people leading with a story addressing objections, just making it as human friendly as possible. Yeah. I think it also a huge part of this and part of the brilliance and the simplicity of a lot of this is that I think Lynn, this was your work is that you identified two very distinct avatars on two very distinct platforms. So somebody who's just experienced a car accident is maybe even at the site of the accident itself and we even gave, we give these people like their names, accident Andy in this particular case. But like these people are in the throes of actually a trauma of this just occurring. Or maybe mm-hmm. very shortly thereafter, maybe after they call their insurance company, if you talk to personal engineer lawyer, it's the worst thing you can do. You should call them first. Anyway. <laughs> hey, by the way. But then secondly is the people who, like my, before I knew what a personal injury lawyer was, like I would never call a personal injury lawyer. I see the signs, I see the billboards and everything. But it's the average. Just think it's a scam. Like the yeah, average person right. probably thinks it's a scam. Totally. Like, totally. Like yeah. Guys standing in front of a courthouse with their arms folded, injured in an accident. You know what I mean? It's like this whole <laughs> billboards. Like, yeah. yeah. Let me show you all my trust factors on the billboard. Like I don't even. I don't care about any of that. Like the second avatar is more suited for what we refer to as the meta platforms where we speak and advertising speak here as Facebook, Instagram, messenger, soon to be WhatsApp, audience network, all that stuff. So those are interruption based platforms. So that secondary avatar is very different than our accident. Andy, who just had the car accident, but these people are, I had the accident. Now maybe my bills are starting to pile up. Now I'm still out of work. All of a Mm -hmm. sudden, I don't have any money. Like I'm down to my last thousand dollars in my checking account or my hip really hurts or my knee aches or if I'm Mm -hmm. having trouble like remembering things and I see an ad on Meta, I'm not searching car accident lawyer. So that is a very distinct message from somebody who's in the here and now. And that's the beauty, I think, of this case study. One of the multiple parts of it is that those avatars lended themselves to two very different types of platforms which led to ultimately the result of 315 signed cases in, in four months, and which is an insane result that I think any private, any personal injury lawyer would kill for. But I think it starts with a lot of that is just seeing it from the avatars, the client's perspective, and not making it our client, our Mike Morris, how great we are perspective at work. And I think that message really... That's one of the huge reasons why this was so successful and continues to be. Yeah. Yeah. There's that educational component. I don't, I'm not a lawyer, but I think in Michigan, they have something like eight years. It's years that they have after the accident to actually file something. And most people don't know that people don't know their rights. 
don't know what's possible. And a lot of people have been in accidents. <laughs> yeah. So if you can hit them with the, hit them, oh my gosh, sorry, you know, <laughs> target them with the right messaging. them with the right message. Yeah. And Just go. <laughs> I've got to say too, with the billboards, the advertising for lawyers in the USA, when coming from Australia, when, that's one of the first things I noticed. They're driving into a city and there's these massive billboards for lawyers. We just don't see that in Australia. Yeah, but they don't even make sense. They're like the hammer. It's like, what do you yeah. do? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, the hammer. That's true. Like they it all must work to some extent, day. right? If people keep doing it, spending so much money, there must be it must work somehow. Maybe not. Yeah, yeah. I think there's something to be said if you just saturate the market you're in with that silence, like that that awareness is there. But it's not the whole puzzle. Yeah. So, I guess first of all, would you say that this is repeatable for personal injury lawyers generally, wherever they are in the states? So, Ollie, we've worked with many firms all over the USA, from New York to, I know you've worked with a lot of different firms. So. I think, well, yeah, it's exactly what they said. It's, it's, it's really important that we see the victim into the website to address them, address their problem. And it, of course, any states, it's very, very important. And a lot of, I still see a lot of websites of personal injury lawyers. And the story, the copywriting is, no, it's not good. It's I am the best or not that people, they need the help and they want to call you. If you, you, you touch them in a way, it's maybe it's too much, but they want to call you because of that. This story. is every lawyer. This is yeah. every, almost every legal website, to your point, Ollie, I've ever looked at, not just in this practice area, all of them. Like you could swap attorney names on websites other than yeah. the bios. Yeah. Are we trying to say there's an element of ego marketing here? I think it might be in there. Yeah, I think that we're on the same page that this is repeatable. So I'd like to get tactical here, stuff that anybody can take away. And we already hit on messaging to getting in your client's shoes. We're saying that for personal injury, there's potentially two main avatars. One is those who are high intent, likely Googling for a solution. And those who may not realize that they have an option, they just have nagging injuries. And that's a bit more of the low intent interruption that we're talking about with you know, the social advertising, hoping that Facebook's going and any meta platform really is going to show the right ad at the right time to that person. So let's get a little bit more tactical, perhaps on the so next step after we've identified these avatars, what, go, what happens next? It's more, I think it's more Maria Aria now, Maria Aria, because it's more towards the people, the action. So we talked about the avatar, but you have also the situation. So people who just, for the, as an example, just got an accident, they're going to take their phone and they are going to search for a lawyer. So you have the mobile version of a website and the desktop version of the website where the desktop it's more people after their accident and the mobile is more in the moment. If, if there's mm -hmm. a, a urgency and it's more about Maria Aria. So I'll leave yeah, what we did specifically in that area for what Oli is mentioning is that we have completely different this is more of an advice for like generally, but it could be applicable to all law firms. We had a completely different desktop from mobile experience. So we're not talking about making the desktop version mobile optimized. We're talking about a different way that the mobile version is structured. This means that for mobile, we had this huge banner at the top of the page, which people can click and call on the phone immediately. We didn't really need that on desktop because it's not something that people do. And we can even be a little bit laid back on the desktop version because if people are searching on this on their computer, on their laptop, it means that this is probably something that is as urgent as it is if you're searching it on your phone and you need to make and you need to take an immediate action on, on whatever you're searching for. And yeah, this is more of like a general advice to not make just mobile optimizations and turn the desktop into mobile, but have completely different experiences for people and put yourself in there, see through their eyes and see how would they think when they land on the page that you're sending them to. Uh, yeah, so definitely just one last thing. It's like, yeah. I, think we, I know we are talking about lawyers, but I think it's true for a lot of industry. If you, if you fix yeah. roof, People to just uh, get a seating collapse, they're going to take their phone. Exactly. <laughs> they're not going to take the desktop. So you better make sure that you have the phone number directly on top so they, they can call directly. 
I really like to think of Oli in this project as the glue of the project. So he was everywhere. He was in all levels and everything. So we're all experts in our own field. But he was mm. making feedback on the copy. He was making optimizations on, on the funnel, like doing actual editing on the funnel. He was doing the media buying on Google. He was uh, giving advice on the Facebook media bank. So he was like everywhere and making sure everything sticks together and works together as a team. And I think this is also very a very big part of why this project was so successful because we were all aligned on the end goal and we were all working together. I know, Ali, one of the things you did in the Google Ads was you recognized that there was a lot of traffic too much traffic coming in for people searching for a personal injury lawyer, but it was like related to slip and fall and workplace compensation and things like this. Mike Morris's priority is auto accidents and truck accidents, anything related to vehicles. So if they get a case from a slip and fall, even if it's a good case, they actually refer that case out to another firm and then they have to split. If there's a win, they have to split that 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 win so I, that, that's right you even went down to looking at the keywords and we're identifying what keywords might attract slip and fall type profit yeah, right because you have very low it's not low quality but you want a car accident settlement you don't want a traffic ticket complaint or mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's going to give you one thousand when you pay five thousand for a kid it's not profitable so you want car accidents so you want to remove those potential keywords and yeah it's there's a lot of work into the keywords but it's a lot of work also as a team for copy and a lot of work the layout of the website because you you want the website to state that it's car accident it's not traffic ticket so we do that over and over again where possible i'm like car (laughs) like adding this where again the average personal injury lawyer is going to put everything they do right and we do this and this and when you have a focused landing page you just can't do that. You know, you got the more targeted and specific you get in the pain points and in how you describe the solution and the stories and the proof, the better. The next level is the truck accidents, right? We're going to be focusing specifically on truck accidents because they they can be even bigger. It's high value because usually yeah. they, they have a minimum number. I remember well, it's they have insurance for one million minimum. So it's usually big cases, but it's even more competitive than the car accidents. So you have maybe more expensive keywords even than the one we have. Yeah. I don't want to gloss over what you guys just said, which is really important. And something that I think we were take a lot of pride in as like the partners on this is we weren't just solely focused on the effects of the digital advertising. Like you, you just both mentioned how we were thinking about the long the longer term costs of getting bad leads for them. That's expensive for, for them sourcing, potentially having lawyers, lawyers charge a lot, like getting on calls with the wrong type of lead. So the work we do has massive effects on the basically the long-term cost of this. Part of this is being specific with the language we use and the targeting we use on the pages. Even though the specific funnel that we were working on was for car accidents. And now we're just moving to truck accidents, but we didn't do a funnel for car and truck accidents because this is this makes it a little bit more generic. And this is something that I've seen in not only personal injury lawyers, but any law firms. They just have these websites with this huge list of services they offer. And like people need to scroll through and find what exactly they're looking for if they even are able to find it and makes it like, okay, am I really going to trust this person who does all of these things? Or am I going to trust someone who's really good at specifically what I'm looking for, which is a personal injury for a car accident? This is like a night and day difference. Positioning. Yep. And I think this has to resonate like in the moment, the two different avatars, but literally within three seconds. Somebody has, they have to say, yeah, that's me. And if it's everything, if you're trying to be everything to everyone, you're nothing to anyone, really. And specificity is the key, I think, to really good digital marketing, digital advertising. You can say, oh, you're focusing on just these two avatars. Trust me, there is millions in revenue in just one or two avatars if you're in the right product niche, if you're in the right industry. Like a niche of a niche of a niche is still probably a multi-million dollar business, potentially. So it's speaking really to that avatar 
It's not the slip and falls. It's not the workman's comp. They set those aside. Let somebody else take those because plenty of personal injury lawyers do make their living doing those types of cases. This is not one of those cases. Are car accidents, truck accidents more lucrative for the law firm? Yeah, for sure. But this is also their specialty. There's there's such high demand for legal services. Ralph, I think you hit it. So many lawyers are reticent to pick a practice area. I mean, lawyers can't necessarily say we're an expert or we specialize because that's a legal certification thing that's unique to lawyers, but they can for sure focus on an avatar, really dig into a specific practice area and a specific focus in their practice area. And I think any law firm that does this would see, just like in every other business, would see more leads, more signed cases, better clients, like, and better results. All right. So we've talked about how we got spe- got specific we stayed focused. We got into the heads and the conversations that the prospect was having. How about on the technical side? Is there anything we figured out there? I know the answer is yes. Yes, that's we definitely did. And talking to the marketing manager, it's just been so great to work with. So big shout out to Trudy there at the, at the firm. Before we started this, I warned her. I said, setting up this tracking, this is going to be a project. She said, is it going to be like pulling teeth? I said, possibly, but we're going to do it. And consider us your cosmetic dentists. <laughs> and Anesthesia. It, it actually look, it, it takes some time because this offline conversion track, and fortunately, Google's released, especially on the Google side, there's been some features released which make this a lot easier. But this, we set this up before these features were released. So the, to concisely explain this, if somebody contacts Mike Morse, they talk to the case intake team, then that case has to be reviewed before it's marked as a legitimate case. Sometimes this only takes a day or two. Sometimes it can take longer. So by the time that happens, we want to be able to send that information back to the ad platforms. So we're training those algorithms to recognize the highest likelihood of what's going to be assigned case. Now, these platforms, Google and Meta, they know so much, but they need to know how to join the dots. So these platforms know where we're driving, how fast we drive, how fast other people drive. So really, they can predict where accidents are likely going to happen. So if somebody contacts Mike Morse Law and the algorithms realize, look at all the different factors leading to this phone call or even submitting a form, they're going to be able to predict if this is going to be a signed case. But we need to feed that data back so they know what to look for. So that's what we've set up for Mark Morse Law. And they that involves making Google and Facebook ads talk to their CRM through different methods of connecting those and then setting up a method where we send that data back to create the feedback loops. So that was a big project with our tech team. But fortunately, we have ninjas in our tech team who can build anything that as long as they know what they need to build, you know, that they can build it. How long does it typically, like for them, what was the turnaround time for saying a case was good to go? It would vary. So it could be, it could sometimes be a day, but sometimes it could take, you know, as I said, it might take longer. It might take one to two weeks. They just have to look at different factors, get more information from the client and do some investigating and then they take it to their team look at the pros and cons the likelihood of success and then they'll mark those cases either they refer them out or basically well, they may say they just can't help them or it's mm-hmm. not the right case but then they'll when they mark the case signed up that goes to the next level and then they get a team working on that case to start pushing it forward all right and so the way these ad algorithms work is basically like a neural network right they have all the inputs and they're going to connect the dots to whatever output you tell it or whatever outcome you want right and if you're not giving them the proper outcome it's going to optimize exactly that they need to know what to pay attention to what success looks like in e-commerce it's easy the sale is a sale there's no ambiguity there but for leads if we're just getting leads we could get thousands of leads and if we could talk to google facebook they might be like yeah crushing it you asked us to get leads here you go here's a thousand leads you're welcome. But what's the quality of those leads? Are they leading to signed cases? What's training the machines to recognize all the signals that are going to make this a high probability of a, you know, of a profitable case or a successful case? So when you can send that data back, 
that what becomes really powerful because then the platforms connect that over and over again to the ad clicks. And then as the volume increases, it just picks up momentum and it gets better and better. They're self-learning algorithms. How much do you, I miss made more of an Ollie question. How often do you see this other personal injury lawyers or lawyers in general using offline conversions to optimize? They need to do more and more, but they don't do that much. Usually when they do it, they are like a little bit lost. They don't know exactly that's where they should think about this offline conversion. And they should know what they're getting. Like Nick said, if they get leads, an agency, they're working with an agency and they get leads. It doesn't really matter if they don't know which lead gets them to a signed case. So they're lost. They're giving budget without knowing. Here, they know, and that's what's helping us to get better traffic. Because we don't know, because we're flow. What we want is signed cases, just not just somebody calling for five seconds and it's Okay, it's a call. No, it's not really a call. And and on the Google side, a lot of firms are in the arena, the combat arena of just bidding for clicks, trying to be first, which is important for sure. But when you're paying plus $100 for clicks, you want to have an edge. And if you're not running offline conversion tracking, you're just going to bid to be first. But Google's going to bid to be first on everybody. In one instance in this period, we're working with Mike Moss Law, we paid $873 for one click. But that click ended up in a signed up case. So would we pay $873 for a click? In this case, absolutely. But Google knew to bid that high because it looked at all the different signals. And yes, we're going to win this click, this option, because this one's going to be a case. And when you're only bidding for clicks, you don't have that. That's the difference. You don't have that intelligence. So most personal injury lawyers are kind of playing chess against each other for clicks and leads. And we're over yeah. here playing 40 chess for actual. And I would say even maybe not even chess, just getting in like some kind of like big boxing ring and just all battling it out to be paying it, paying for clicks to be first. So it's, I wouldn't even say it's chess. So uh, it's just a, it's just kind of bludging each other to try and bid in, in this bidding war without looking beyond that. And optimizing for the thing that doesn't really necessarily matter for them. I think it matters for the agency. Like as an agency owner, like you're always looking for a KPI where it looks like you're making progress. If you don't know any better, you don't know that there is offline conversions with Google. If you don't know that there is a 90-day conversion window, which means you actually have a longer time period in which to get the right data, the right event that you actually really want, which is a signed case. After a case review period, not a call, not a lead, not a click on your ad. It's an actual signed case, which really matters to the law firm. Unless you're smart enough to be able to figure all of that out, you're advertising, you're just going to be in that bidding war to be number one for car accident attorney or personal injury lawyer. It's, you're not going to move the needle on your business until you actually start optimizing and training the algorithm. And Google's, what, 72 million data points on every human on the planet, Nick? Uh, yeah. That's a lot of data. And we all have ways. We all have maps. We all have tracking on our phones. We've got the Android devices. They know when we're texting and driving. They know when we go to a bar and then we drive home. They know if we're using apps while we're driving. They know when we're Gmailing while we're driving. Google knows so much. And I think to your earlier point, it can almost predict when an accident is going to happen. If you give it the wrong inputs to say, just give me people who are going to call me instead of give me people that are signed cases, that changes the whole dynamic. And that's a key, not really sexy part of this whole thing, like the landing page and the copy and the avatars and the Google strategy, like, oh, that's cool. But underlying like the foundation of all this was that tracking component and setting that up and the patience of our client and you, Nick, communicating and saying, hey, this ain't going to be easy. Yeah, it's going to be like surgery without anesthesia for the first months. Like you said, it might have taken a little bit more than a month. It's like This is complex. It's hard to set this stuff up. You can certainly do it if you're a personal injury lawyer, but I think that's the key to all of this. And then having the wherewithal to be able to spend and rely and trust that the result is going to come, I think that's the long game here. Yeah, absolutely. And to Mike Morris's credit, like they were good, great partners on this. This is a long, this is a long time. How long would you say this 
whole project took until we saw the results? The tracking, it it was at least three months. That was at least a three-month project. And usually it looked at the setting up this kind of tracking, we need to work with developers. So that adds another element because we're we're moving into an area there which you know, we don't have it's it, we don't have full domain over so websites you need to be very careful we can't just have our tech team go in there and start changing code around doing things like that because only the developers really are familiar with how the site works they know what's not going to break they're also dealing with all the projects they're dealing with for the site huge amount of traffic running to the Mike Moore site and fortunately, the developers were great to work with, but it still took some time to make sure we were going to set this up. It wasn't going to break anything else. And we want to do it right because a day down on their website could cost them, could potentially cost them millions. So it's a process where our tech team, you know, they're not here. The language they use, I don't understand it. They talk in a language that's all data layers and APIs and integrations and you know, that's where we say, hey, this is what we want. Can you build this? They look at it and they say, yes, we can. It's going to take time. Yes, it is. We've got to work with their developers. And they go and talk to the developers in their language. And we make the progress. And then you also have the CRM, okay? Because the CRM they use is, I believe it's a popular CRM for law firms, but it doesn't have native integrations. So we had to set up integrations and then connect Zapier webhooks, setting up all these pieces to make sure everything talks to each other. Then they have their call tracking software, CallRail. So that has to talk to everything too. So you're laying on all these different parts that all have to talk to each other and integrate and make sure it's all working. So that's why I said, this is not something you just set up over a weekend. It takes time. It takes, it's a project that needs to be project managed, but that's okay. We can do that because the end goal is so valuable. It's worth it. But like I said, there Google has released some features that are making this even easier, and it's so exciting. So the unsung heroes here really are the tracking and the. Oh, ab- absolutely! In the background, what they go through to set this up. I have to assume that's JJ. Big shout out to JJ. All right, there you go. Yeah, a little bit on. When I look at the some of the threads with the developers in the Slack threads, I get to two paragraphs in and I, I need to go lay down and have a rest. <laughs> I've wandered in there before, Nick. It's like uh, my head just immediately starts hurting, but I'm so glad we we, <laughs> we do have a new tool where you could take all that, throw it to chat GPT and ask him to explain it like a five-year-old. Oh, there you go. Uh, so that's true. Gotta, gotta go over to that channel. Just copy and paste it over. Yeah. All right, so we've got specific on the avatars, got into their head and what they're th- thinking, what kind of platform they're on and how that platform should interact with them, whether that's mobile or desktop. We have offline conversions to make sure that we are getting the right inputs back into Google for actually good cases. We've removed bad keywords, done a lot of work there on that side. What else have we done? The, I think the meta side is what's really interesting here because the firm, they had in, they just had this assumption that meta ads, Facebook, Instagram, paid social were not a viable channel because they were in some ways fixated on, we just need the people who are urgently calling. And they, they tried Facebook ads in the past, wasn't done correctly, so it didn't work. But we were actually we were able to run the Facebook ads to the avatar we talked about, who some time had passed, and focusing on the message through the deep dive research, using the, getting the case studies, getting the videos of the past or clients who had been in situations. It was just so powerful because you can use those videos then, and you're targeting. And we're still optimizing for contacts. But again, Meta is still able to identify who is most likely going to be the right audience. So that's the difference. When you're running in Google search, all you have is three headlines and two descriptions that are 30 characters each, 90 characters for the descriptions. You can't really be so, you have so much creativity and so much you can do in that text. But again, using the tracking and everything that we set up, so we're feeding Google signals, we've got that edge in that arena. But with Facebook ads, it's, I think so many law firms aren't taking advantage of paid social. And who is not, in terms of the clients, who is not on paid social these days? Like very few people. It's just a no brainer. 
but you have to have the right creative. You have to have the right messaging. You have to use the paid social in the right right way. So now that comes from the deep dive research we did and putting the clients first, speaking to them and the positioning that Lynn and Maria were talking about. Yeah, and also really having a well understanding of those two avatars, that secondary avatar, you still might capture some immediacy in a Facebook ad. So there is, we used Facebook forms, we used a Facebook dedicated number on their social ads, we used call extensions, not going to get into the technical details there. But the point is like there were leads that were coming in through Facebook just onto itself, just based upon the messaging, based upon the avatar based upon the, our knowledge of and understanding of what creatives work, what messaging does work. But also a key part to that is the interplay between Facebook, Meta, and Google, which is key. Right. It's like there's a portion of people that are going to see an ad. And we all love these, Tom, view-through conversions. They see an ad on Facebook, and then they go Google Mike Morse or mm. In their case, Mike Morris. A lot of people do that. And they have right. a page, by the way, that says, are you looking for Mike Morris? Which is brilliant. Little ninja tip there. And then you guys on the Google team changed your bidding to have this really nice curve where all of a sudden those brand name searches, I see the ad on Meta. Who is this Mike Morse guy? Seems like he's in Michigan. Seems trustworthy. Cool. Doesn't look like a lawyer standing in front of a of the Supreme Court with a three-piece suit. Like, I think I'll call him, but I'm going to Google him first. We started to appear more for those searches, right, Nick and Ollie? But I think the meta use case you're just talking about is fits perfectly within our customer acquisition amplification framework, where people who are potentially unaware that they have a problem or they know they have a problem, just don't know if the solution exists. That's the stage at which we're entering the conversation in their head. And that's what the creative is for, talking, using the story creative, showing other people that have gone through this to give them hope. I, did anybody, any of you work on the creative for the meta side? Not personally. I believe we, it was a lot of the creative was based around the testimonials. So using, I get, you could call it UGC. So that's, again, putting the people, making it more human and putting the relatable stories first retargeting so if somebody did google first goes to the site but something happens i don't know something while they're after they've been in accident or life happens or whatever then being able to go and retarget those people is very important too if they've been at the site so it's really the most powerful strategy these days has to take into account multiple platforms and where people account for where people may be. They may see a Facebook ad first and go and Google. Happens all the time. Or they may Google, go to the site, and, okay, life happens, but then we need to retarget them. And that's where Facebook and paid social can be so powerful. So this is where camp, this is where this came from. It's the recognition that if you're relying on one traffic source, I think those days are, if they're not over, there's an expiration date on being able to do that. So you really need to look at the entire marketing mix. And we've done pieces of camp for a variety of other clients, but this is like the ultimate, whether it's the creative lab and all the creative we've done, conversion architecture, tra- all the traffic harmonizer, where all these sources are feeding the same thing. I think it's, I know it's something Ralph's been extremely proud to present. Yeah, because it works if it's done the right way. I think the a key to this, and I don't mean to keep shouting these guys out, but you need patience when it comes to this. And I think it's, it's really important. Ad agencies, what like as soon as you send that first invoice, the client's looking for a result. I get it. Like I'm, we're technically clients of Tier Eleven for our advertising. And I'm always like, all right, guys, when are we getting more late? All that sort of stuff. But the point is, like these guys understood the Mike Morse team. They understood this is a long game that we have to play here, and that's that could be a very convenient excuse for an agency to just waste time and take their money. So I think there has to be trust that sort of starts and they had the trust that, okay, we can do this. We can produce this result through sort of face-to-face management of expectations, but understanding that what we're trying to do here is complex. It's not like a one trick pony. I'm not going to just show you like, Hey, look at the clicks that I got. Everyone else is paying $200. I'm paying $20 a click. But what does that mean for my law firm showing we're really care. We care about results, but it's the blending of, that customer acquisition amplification super system all together 
and how it all works together. And that's why there's multiple people on this call here today and multiple people behind the scenes that are on this call today that worked on this project to get this tremendous result. But I do think it comes back to the relationship that we have with the client itself. If you're a personal injury lawyer, you're listening to this, or you're watching this right now, you're like, yeah, Tour 11, yeah, we definitely want to hire them. And you want results within two weeks? Call some other guy. Call some other agency. Seriously. Or even in two months, really, where we don't have time to be frustrated alongside you. But if you trust the end game and you're doing the right thing as a firm and there's communication and there's back and forth, it's a two-way street. It's not a one-way street in the agency game. Or if you're watching this for your internal team, it's the same thing. You as a manager, it's a CMO, a VP of marketing. Like It's not all about like you just demanding results. You have to give and take here. Because as much as this is a templatable formula we're talking about, and we can do this in any state, in any city, no, not another one in Michigan, by the way. So if you're a Michigan PI lawyer, forget it. We'll refer you out. The point is, this is a duplicatable system, but it does need to be a two-way street. And you can do it for your own team, or you can do it with an agency. If you want to do it with us, certainly happy to talk to you, for sure. I can see our marketing message now. Tier 11, we'll get you $800 clicks. We'll just spend $800 on a click if you don't know that this click is going to convert, if you're sending it to the right place. That's the difference. Yeah. Yeah. How do they view attribution, right? So I know we've come from this phase where traditionally there's a lot more like platform-specific attribution and like trying to balance there. For something like this, it's so complex. How does Mike Morris view attribution and know and coach us? That's a really good question. Now, this extends to their out-of-home advertising, their TV, because CallRail, the platform they use for their call tracking, they can use different numbers for different different, plat- different platforms. So even if they use 855 Call Mike, if they run a TV ad and they see certain phone calls happening at that time, CallRail can actually attribute even for, to, for TV ads. And I'm not sure how it works with billboards, but the way it works for the website, if people go to the website from a certain traffic source, or if they click on an Instagram ad or a Facebook ad, the number will swap in the website. So the number they see on the website will be specific to the platform they just came from. So then they're able to see where that lead came from. Google Ads, they know that's how they know it came from Google Ads. That's how they know it came from Facebook ads. CallRail, the two main call tracking platforms, CallRail, call tracking metrics, they both work in a similar way, but the, in this case, it was it's core rail that that's been used. It's interesting. Yeah, and even if somebody, this is pretty amazing. If somebody clicks on a Facebook or Google ad, th- this works for online sources. Just say they click on the ad, go to the website, but just say they're on desktop. Now they're still going to see that tracking number. So if they just pick up their phone and manually dial in that number they see, the platforms are still able to use the time frame to match that up to the original ad click. Wow. Yeah. I know Google's rolling out there out of home. Is there any plan to implement that here? Or they, Mike Morris guys, that's, yeah, that's exciting. We're still waiting on the features there, but that's, you know, I think that's one of the exciting things potentially for performance max with lead gen, because we haven't used performance max in the, in this case, because as we know, it's common knowledge that there are some issues with lead gen and performance max. But I see it's inevitable that Google's going to solve this problem. And then that's, don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole Performance Max, but the whole idea of Performance Max is to connect the bottom of the funnel to the top of the funnel. And imagine connecting streaming TV ads, billboards, cinema ads, podcast ads, all back to the very bottom of funnel brand searches. And that's, I think that's Google's end game to, to finally make this link have this whole advertising inventory from bottom of funnel brand searches through YouTube, through to billboards. That's, it's pretty incredible, but I think that's where it's headed. Great. Does anybody have anything else to add on this case study or in general? I have one. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> we talked the show during the, about the land, landing page, we did. But let's not forget that Sometimes when they do branding, they're going to go back on their website. So the homepage optimization is also very important. 
So if they think only on the lender, because we direct to the lender, some other people, they will go to the organic result and they may go to the homepage. So the homepage have to be also optimized with some law firm, some other business in general. They don't understand that. They think, okay, the lender is going to do everything. But if they come back to your homepage and the homepage sucks and doesn't convert, <laughs> that's right. actually help them optimize their homepage as well. Yeah. Because it's important mm, for our business. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, it's great to have a killer new landing page. But then if you're, if people come back later and they go to your site and say, is it the same business? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know one of the big things, it's another sort of tech side of the equation is the load speed. I know for the lander that, that you all used primarily, but I have to assume of the same was the same sort of tech improvements were also potentially even done on the homepage. Because if a, if, if a page takes more than three seconds to load, losing typically like 70 upwards percent of your traffic. And that's a big one. We got that one up to like 98 speed, which is that's a key like it's all these little things all coming together so it makes this such a cool as a marketer like geek out on it but yeah it's just one more thing a uh, super good point on the home page too it's got to be consistent with the brand if the landing page was completely separate or different from the home page people are like i'm in the wrong place backpack or thumb swipe whatever it is super important if you the viewer want to grab the case study you can head over to tier11.com personal you can get it over there and see everything that we did. Otherwise, if there is nothing else, thanks for joining us, Ralph, Nick, Glenn, Maria, and Ollie. Congratulations on all the hard work and the success you had on this one. It's really fun to see and share. And if you are interested in working with Tier 11, head over to tier11.com. There's a big old apply button or get your, let's currently say, get your growth plan. Click on that, apply, and we'd love to chat with you, whether you're a personal injury lawyer, e-com, coach, we service all kinds of clients. Thank you, everybody. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Customer Acquisition Show. Take the next step toward growing your customer base. Visit tier11.com and request your customized growth plan. And remember to hit the follow button so you can be notified of future episodes.